Hello and welcome to Rise of Humanity. I'm your host, Chris Karamaya, and today I'm very glad to be joined by my guest, Andrea Crowder. Andrea is a health and business coach who empowers people to say no to average, mediocre and mainstream lives and say yes to a life that they truly love. Andrea is incredibly passionate about helping women shed the weight that's holding them back in life both figuratively and literally, and helping them to show up in the world in a big, big way. Andrea is also co-founder of the fitness group Misfit Republic and is a contributing author to the 101 Secrets of Untamed Entrepreneurs Revealed. So it's great to have you on the show today, Andrea. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So could you, uh, if we just start by giving us a bit more uh, detail on the work you're doing in your business and what your mission is and how you, you are helping these women to change their lives. You know, I feel like my mission just gets like bigger and bigger <laughs> by the day. But when I started, it was to start a part-time business while I was working a full-time normal corporate job. I worked in an office. I uh, would drop my kids off at daycare. It was a pretty traditional, you know, mom, working mom life. And it started with me deciding I just wanted to make a little bit of extra side money. I didn't realize that it was going to turn into what now I believe is like why I'm here on this earth, my life purpose to be able to continue to grow myself and to figure out how to navigate life and feel like I'm thriving and not just, you know, showing up and in doing, you know, what we're expected to do, which is go work a job that you make enough money for to pay just enough of your bills, but really never like truly, have all the things that you desire. And I thought, well, that's just okay because that's what's expected. And when I realized that me coming from a background of not having a college degree, I had a teenage pregnancy, statistically, I should be on welfare and I should be divorced. And I just decided that I wanted more. I wanted better. I wanted this like epic fulfilling life. And it started with just this little business that I thought maybe I could make $200 a month doing this. And now it's turned into what I now believe is like my life purpose. It's my full-time income. Now I don't work a traditional corporate job anymore and I get to show up and do what I want every day. And it's so freeing and liberating. That's awesome. I love that. And I mean, I'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about the, your story, and it sounds like from and I've watched some of your videos online that it was a challenging journey. But what do you say to people who are wanting to begin to start making that transition from and you know creating that dream life? Because it's not. I mean, there's a huge amount of you know energy that needs to be shifted. Loads of limiting beliefs, and you know it's. I imagine for, you know, a lot of people, it's like coming up against a brick wall initially and they might, you know, not even start. So what do you say to people who, you know, wanting to get on that, on that path? That's a great question. And I think having the perspective that I have now, because I've done it both ways, I've done it the hard way where it felt sometimes painful, where sometimes it would bring me to tears. And when you want something so bad and you keep you feel like you keep hitting a brick wall and you're just not getting there. It feels defeating and it feels frustrating. And unfortunately, most people quit. And that's just so heartbreaking to me. And I realized the secret for me, at least, and that I've um, 
seen working with other um, female entrepreneurs that, um, and this works same for men or women, doesn't matter. It's just that that's my experiences working with women. But um, the secret has been to play more. And when I am feeling joyful about my business, when I'm infusing the things that I'm obsessed with, that I'm passionate about, and when I'm willing to just be curious about how I can make small tweaks to make things better, but to do it in a way that feels fun for me, then it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel, I don't feel the resistance. Uh, Things happen faster. I always say, if you want to build a business fast, have the most fun, be the person that's like having, those are like two of my favorite F words, fun equals fast. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that's, what's worked for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's definitely a huge thing that's coming up for me because I'm starting to build my own coaching business. And I initially started by working sort of seven days a week without even thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I gradually, I just, you know, I was just like, I'm going to take a day off. And then you create that space and so much stuff to flows in. And now it's almost as though I've kind of inverted my schedule and I feel like I'm almost spending more time having fun and enjoying life and not just got my head down at the computer. But I mean, I I think a lot of people face fear around that because they think as soon as they step back, everything's going to start snowball. I mean, is, is that something that you had to work through? Yeah, I think that is such a common fear. And I think I did feel that for a long way. And what I realized, like someone had explained this and such a good visual for me. And that's that I was holding on to my business so tightly and my body was so tense that I was like blocking the blessings because when your hands are closed, you can't receive. Right. Mm. So I was holding on to my business with like a closed fist, trying to control everything. And then as soon as I opened my hands and, and surrendered, I have a tattoo now on my wrist to remind me, let go nice. surrender. And, and when I did that, it was like an avalanche of blessings coming in. My business exploded into the multi six figures in a very short period of time. And it was almost mind blowing to watch, to see that I could let go. I could feel more joyful and I could feel more. And, and like you, my, my schedule's so completely opposite where now I probably work like two to three hours a day. Sometimes I will say like when I'm vibing with it, when I'm feeling in flow, I can work a 10 hour day and it's like, I don't even look up for my computer. Sometimes I don't remember to eat, but yeah. I'm in such flow and it doesn't feel hard. It feels so joyful and I'm so thankful to be doing that work. But if I'm forcing it and if I'm trying to hold on to it, that's when I know, okay, close the computer, walk away, get out of my laptop and into the real world. And I have to remind myself that sometimes get out of the computer and into the real world, yeah. Andrea. Yeah. And then I get back into flow. Yeah, that's it incredible i love it because yeah it's the same as me when i'm when i'm getting yeah in the flow and i want to work you know for hours and hours straight and just blast out but i'm enjoying it it doesn't really feel like work and you've got Mm -hmm. so much passion and energy to put into it and then yeah when you know it's time to step back then you you step back um in terms i mean it's it's a i think it's a journey of discovery and you just have to figure out what works for you but is there any kind of tips you know that you could share that you specifically to create more of that you know time space and kind of mental space and you know uh, in your routine to start kind of chipping away at that um in that feeling that you have to be working all the time 
I think the most important thing for me was to block time on my calendar at first. Now I'm, I'm so self-aware that I know when I just have to step away and I'll cancel a meeting if I have to, Mm. if I know I'm not in the right energy for it. But before that felt too scary for me. So I would just pre-block time on my schedule because I can look back and honestly you know, see in the moments where I had the genius idea or when I like thought to call the right person who is going to be the right connection for this project to be the most successful. And it was never when I was, you know, hooked up and connected to my computer. It was like in the shower or if I was just taking my dog for a walk. And so I realized like some of my most genius moments that were and I can tell you, I've had like 98% of my ideas were like total flops, but 2% were just like home runs. And and that's why I'm sitting here today. So there's been so much insane failure, but I don't look at the failure as the things that like get me down anymore. I look at them as the lessons because now I really know what doesn't work. And when I have the home run sitting in my hand, I know it because I've been through so many things that I know didn't work. So Whenever I see so many people get hung up, they're afraid to to do the thing or to write the blog post or to or to you know reach out and pitch themselves to this person because they're afraid of rejection or they're afraid of failure. And I found like those have been the most critical moments that have helped me grow. But I can say like when I have the ideas, it's never when I'm just super connected to, you know, and 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 holding on too tight to my business. It's in those moments of like walking on the beach or, I mean, I live in Florida, so I I know not everybody can just like go for a walk with their feet in the sand, but getting your feet into real earth or like take sometimes like just taking my shoes off and standing on my patio and feeling connected to the actual earth instead of being so inside my head and, and just deciding to have a present moment and notice the things around me have, but like those, it, it doesn't have to be a long period. Those mm-hmm. brief moments of just nothingness can just give you that space. Cause I feel like we're always trying to be like inspired in different ways in our lives. But if you're too connected, you just don't notice it. You miss the blessing. Mm-hmm. You miss the idea. So I've, I've learned to be now six years into my business. I've not always been good at this, but I'm so fiercely protective over the white space on my calendar because those are when like the best stuff comes out yeah that's awesome and I think I mean it can I think there's actual science behind it like you could probably you know you can measure you know like uh, brain waves and all that stuff but there's there's states when you if you're so focused on a tiny little thing and your your brain's not functioning coherently you just won't create space for those new ideas to flow in and that's when you talk about like you're out on a walk or you're in the shower you're on the beach you it changes your whole your whole the whole way you think and then unless that's clear you can't allow those things to flow in right yeah yeah so it's yeah it's definitely important um so i mean talking about your journey to to getting where you are today and i think um I mean, you mentioned a, a little bit earlier about, you know, how statistically you shouldn't be where you are and all that stuff. But I mean, if you could just talk a little bit more on that. And one of the reasons I kind of, I may have heard a little about it on your videos online, but it, 
your story basically is an excuse eliminator and if, if you can do it and come through what you have then then anyone can do it really so if you could you just talk about some of the, the challenges that you face yeah I mean you know in the beginning of even as a teenager I can definitely see where I would look back on my life and think you know the normal person would think, well, that just sucks. Like yeah. how my life started. My parents got divorced very early, which is common. And that, you know, wasn't such a big deal, but, um, I did grow up in an abusive home. Um, my stepfather was very, um, he had a lot of demons haunting him. I love him. And I've like done so much forgiveness over this, mm-hmm. but, um, but it was a very tumultuous, uh, environment to grow up in. And it was hard. I think for me the most to see, you know, my mom in pain. And as a small child, I wanted to save her and that's a lot to put on a child. And it wasn't that she ever put it on me. It was something I put on myself of like, I want to save her, but now I can look back and see, why I had to go through that, why I may have like chosen that beginning of my life to create this independence so I can go out and I can teach and empower women to be able to show up for themselves, whether it's to lead, leave a dangerous relationship or whether it's to leave a life that leaves you completely unfulfilled. And so coming from even just being in in that type of environment as a child. And then the things that I then put myself through as a wandering teenager, where I graduated from high school with exceptional grades. And then I went into what I call my dark period where I don't remember very much for almost a year of my life because I was drunk. I was on drugs. I was, I got into so many different bad relationships. I made a lot of poor decisions that Um, I don't regret a single one of them, but they were really, really rough that I, that I put myself through that. And then, um, that resulted in a teenage pregnancy. And I'm a firm believer that God, um, you know, decided it was time for me to get pregnant as a teenager really, I think saved my life. I think I probably would have gone, continued to go down that tunnel of, um, of poor decisions that probably would have resulted in me, you know, dying from a drug overdose or something. And so I look at my son as my little angel. He saved me. And, um, I, I, it was almost that moment where you realize like, I have to live for someone else now. And I remember looking into my son's face when he was born and it was a late night and he was crying and he was colicky. And I just sat there and I cried with him. And I just remember saying to him, I'm going to be someone that you can be proud of. And I just decided from then on out, I wanted to be the mother, the woman that my son could look up to, someone that he would hold a standard to for what a wife should look like, what the mother of his children should look like. And I knew I had to do that through leading by example. And so just the process of becoming a mother was like definitely the catalyst that said, okay, it's time to decide to choose something different. And every moment we have the power to decide to let go of all the reasons why, you know, we shouldn't be or can't be. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the education. I didn't have the stable home and the stable upbringing. And we can all look for excuses because I see some people in business who are like, well, I don't have that dramatic story that you have, Andrea. So I don't have like, we all find our own excuses either. Like I don't have the dramatic story or my story's too dramatic, right? (laughs) It's amazing what the ego can do to like 
grab you and try to hold you and keep you down. But once you're consciously aware of it, you can say, well, today's a new day and I can actually decide to be something different or I can decide to choose or do differently today. And once you're willing to put the power back into your own hands, instead of saying, well, I was just, you know, a victim of circumstance, um, you, you take your power back and you can have anything you want yeah. as long as you believe it. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. I love your perspective because you, you can always choose to see the negative and everything, but if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you see the positive, you've turned your, you know, your adversity into, you know, a way to serve humanity really and to help, you know, uh, women and, you know, use all your experience, all the, pain and the emotional struggle and everything to uh, help them get to create a new life for themselves so mm-hmm. it's a it's an amazing amazing transition so um I mean you mentioned when you had your son you said that was kind of the turning point did um so was that how old were you then was that nine do you say 19 I was 19 yeah. when I got pregnant with my son and then I got married um when he was three months old and I'm like by the grace of God, still married. We have been married for 14 years now. And, um, and that's not really when I had like this big career change and I had all the success, it was more a slow decision to become a better human and to be more self-aware and to, you know, um, to, to want to be, uh, in a solid, strong relationship that my son could feel safe in. And so it just started with the small stuff of like, a safe home for him and a place where he didn't have to worry and he could grow up feeling loved. And slowly that grew into, I started a career and I could feel, um, I could feel joy there. And then I realized, okay, well maybe there's more to that than just collecting a paycheck. Um, and maybe I could do something that has a greater impact on people. And that's when I started my business. And so that was just six years ago. Nice, awesome progression. So, did mm-hmm. you um, would you say that you evolved uh, spiritually quite dramatically during that time? Did you feel like you, as the years went on, you kind of became connected to something bigger, or was it kind of always always there? I was raised in a Christian home um, for all of my childhood. And then I married a non-believer and that shook me at my core (laughs) because I fell deeply in love with a man with a very, very scientific brain and just can't seem to comprehend what I felt was my true belief as as a Christian at that time. And so I kind of turned away from my Uh, my religion for a little while because I felt a little jaded because I thought, according to traditional Christian belief, that this beautiful man that came in and married me when I was pregnant, he was not the father of my son and loved me anyway and has loved my son anyway and has raised him as his own has just been almost like a knight in shining armor for me. Um, According to my faith, he's going to go burn in a fiery pit of hell for all of eternity because he doesn't accept God. And that rocked me at my core. Mm -hmm. And so I turned away from my faith for a long time because I just remember saying, well, if he's not going to heaven, I'm not going to heaven. (laughs) Just (laughs) became so stubborn. And 
it was really through business that I refound my faith, which feels so non-traditional, but it was just in the last, I want to say six or seven years, people have become more open about talking about faith through business, which I think has been incredible to see before it was very like, um, it was, it was a, a big no, no, like you never mentioned your faith or your religion in any type of business or branding. And now it's like, people are all out with it. And it's such an incredible thing to witness shifting in, mm-hmm. in the world. But, um, I think that maybe just in the last five years, I have grown, I feel like lifetimes yeah. in my faith and my spirituality and all the things that I have learned and finally come to peace with my husband's not going to burn in a very bit of hell for all eternity, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but it's been, it's been, it, it is now the piece of me that I cherish the most. And even though I still am married to a non-believer, I can see little areas of him where he's like, Hmm. And I realized that, the only way that I will ever be able to gift people um, what I now cherish so much that I find so exciting and so interesting is just really through how I live my life and through example. And I think that he does see how fulfilled I am and how happy and joyful I am. Um, And I know that he, I know that he notices and I see it in other people too, especially people who felt totally shunned by traditional religion. They've reached out to me and they said through the way that you speak and the way that your relationship with your faith is, it feels more interesting and it feels safe and acceptable as before I was like, would feel like the black sheep walking into a church. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so just in terms of um, the, your your business that you're running today, I looked on your website and it's you've uh, done some training with some awesome people: Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Bo Eason, Marie Forleo. What kind? Of, what did that look like, and what uh, impact has that had for you in the moving forward? I am just a student at heart for forever. So any opportunity that I can get into a room and be with someone and they're like in-person live energy, I'm going to do it. Um, and, and I, of course, you know, I read books and I do, um, stuff like that, but like being in those atmospheres where you can feel that person's like gifts and their energy is something that over the last six years I've, I've tried very intentionally to, even when I wasn't making money yet, to put myself physically into room, to go to conferences, to sign up for um, some of the, like the smaller, more intimate experiences to work with, um, to work with people. Brendan Bruchard was a big one where I paid an exorbitant amount of money twice <laughs> to go get into a smaller room with him to, to, to get more trained, to be able to help people at a, at a deeper level. And it's just was, um, I think, uh, those skill sets have served me and will continue to serve me like for the rest of my life. I'm so thankful that I was willing to think bigger and see, you know, expenses like that in my business as an investment. Um, and I can totally see where those like, investments, even when I felt scared to make the investment, I can see where it did pay off financially, as long as you're willing to execute what you learn, which is always, doesn't matter what you know, it matters what you do, right? Mm, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it can be scary to, uh, to invest money. But I mean, the way I look at it is you, you really, 
if you do your research and find someone good, you're investing energy and why you might feel like, oh, I've just spent all that money uh, and you might feel a little bit of a loss. If you stick with it and you don't, you don't panic and you, you know, take the time and do the work, then uh, eventually you'll get all that energy back like tenfold and the, the impact mm-hmm. is, is um, that having your life can be completely transformative. I mean, is, is that what you found to be, to be true? Yeah. And there's even been times where I did invest money and it was probably a hasty decision and a mistake. Um, and, but I, like I said, any failure or mistake is always like a learning point. And so I did learn to sit with myself a little bit longer because I can be impulsive, especially when it comes to investing in education, because I love to learn so much. But I found that for me, I know myself and I know that I learn and I get the, the most out of an experience when I actually put myself into a room for like a live conference or where you're surrounded by the energy of other people. And it's what Tony Robbins talks about, um, the concept of immersion. Mm. So when I totally immerse myself instead of, you know, picking up a book here and there, um, if I'm going to read now, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just go on a really long walk and I'll get three hours of content and just really immerse myself and feel with it. But really being in a room for, you know, three, four, five days for just completely learning new concepts and new ideas have been like the biggest game changers for me because all I'm doing is being wrapped up in it. And Tony Robbins and Brendan Bruchard and um, like Shalene Johnson is, is another one. Those are people where you're not just sitting there taking notes, you're standing up and you're practicing these principles and you're having conversations with people and you're sharing your story and you're doing work there. So it's like embedding it in you at a cellular level. So Mm -hmm. you don't walk out of there, you know, um, exhausted and just forget everything. You're, you're really like practicing these skill sets and walking out of there ready to use some of them almost immediately. Yeah, that's so cool. And yeah, it's 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 a it's a new level, really. I mean, you can hu- learn huge amounts from books, but when, especially, I mean, I think one of the powers of kind of retreats and seminars and things like that is that you are in an unfamiliar environment, and you, when you can take your focus off, you know, everything, especially if you've got a rough life, when you can take your focus off everything just for a few days, it allows that new reality to flow in but if you're surrounded by everything that always reminds you of how bad everything is it makes it makes it very difficult and I think again like going for a long walk and getting out in nature is another powerful example because it you kind of just can let go of who you think you are for a second mm-hmm. yeah especially if you and I know this happens um so often for a lot of women that I work with if you live in a home where your significant other just doesn't get it like they're mm-hmm. they just don't understand what they're doing and if the money's not they tend to start to understand and support it more once the money starts <laughs> rolling in <laughs> but before that it's like what's that silly little hobby that you're working on sometimes when you're trying to get a business off the ground they don't sometimes understand the vision and so when you're in a, a bubble where you can't like fully express who you are, what you want to do, and there's doubters and naysayers, you do have to find protective times to be able to be alone or to be around people that fully get it. So those immersion moments, the conferences, the retreats, all that stuff 
are really powerful because everyone around you is like, yeah, go girl. Or like, dude, you, you so got that, that business ideas incredible. You have, sometimes you have to create that environment for yourself if you're not already gifted with it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so uh, in terms of the lifestyle that you've been able to create for yourself now, um, what kind of, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about how many hours you can work and stuff, but what kind of inspiration you can you give to people who are stuck in, you know, working 40 plus hours in a week uh, in a job that they don't like and are thinking of starting their own business but are scared maybe of taking their life to the next level? What are some of the the, the best things that they can expect if they uh, make that leap? So, I mean, freedom, freedom of time feels like everything. Mm. But I will say I did start start my business and once I caught the vision of, like, wow, this can be so something so much more. We were $100,000 in debt when I started my business. And I thought, like, wow, if we could pay off that debt, the weight, the energetic weight that it would take off of our family would be life-changing. Yeah. And so that was the first thing that I really grasped onto. But what I found myself doing was I started resenting my job because I felt like it was pulling time away from my business. And I had to show up for this in this environment that I didn't love as much as where I was now going. And if I could say one thing to the people who are working a full-time job or thinking about, or also starting a business, it's that to prosper where you're planted and gratitude is like, whoa, that's like the, the secret sauce to gratitude and, and fun and play. Those are that little combination right there is like the dynamic duo that will get you there faster. But if you start to resent the money that's coming in to pay your bills, it's almost like you're putting up this negative vibe towards money and your business will grow slower. And I did experience that for about 18 months in my in my business where I'm like, why am I not where I want to be? I want to be able to quit this job. I don't want to show up here anymore. I want my freedom of time. And I was just putting up this like energetic wall of keeping it. So once I started I started feeling more um, gratitude for my job and I realized, okay, I'm here. I have to spend my time here. So whatever I do, I'm going to do it with joy and I'm going to do it with a grateful heart. And so I showed up and I was like, where can I improve? Like, how can I improve this environment? How can I improve my work experience? How can I improve it, improve it for myself, improve it for other people? And as I started to grow and I started to feel more joyful and I started to feel more grateful, my business actually started expanding so much faster. And it took me about two years to be able to match my full-time income. I thought I would do it in one. And I had so many lessons that I had to learn along the way. I'm glad that I didn't get frustrated and give up. Mm -hmm. um, but after that two mark, two year mark, I walked away from my full-time job at about two and a quarter years. I, we paid off our hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. And then around that point over the next 18 months, we catapulted it up into the six figure income. And then the next um, year into the multi six figure income and coming from my husband's in the military, mm -hmm. they don't make very much money. It was to see that kind of money coming into our house. It was like, it was so mind blowing yeah. to be able to know that I was earning such an exceptional, exceptional income doing something that was making such a huge impact in other people's lives. It was just, and to know that my children will be able to grow up and I didn't have to freak out if they wanted to go on like the class school trip or mm. last year at the end of the year, 
they wanted to bring all the kids to Disney World and we had just moved to Florida. And I also wanted to put my kids in a good school district. And there's not actually very many school districts that have good school ratings. And so because of this income, we were able to make a decision to work or to live and a more high-end area that had some of the best schools in the entire country. And that right there was like that moment of like, you know, 14 years ago when I looked at my son and his face and I said, I promise I'll be someone you'll be proud of. That was a full circle moment to be able to pick this home to be, I, I can look outside my house and I see water and I, you know, have my kids in the top and one of the top rated schools in the country and they're excelling in school. And I'm just like, oh, I did it. Nice. I fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an awesome story. And I, I, I love what you said about being grateful for where you are because I've, I've had like a number of jobs over the years that have, I really kind of struggled going to. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I realised is that, you know, I knew I didn't want to stay long term, that I could always find reasons to be grateful. And I think it's, you know, finding that balance of, you know, just accepting it's not your dream job, but having that uh, gratitude for having an income and it's just like I mean when I look back now it's when you kind of get into that flow you can just enjoy a job for a, for a period of time I think once you uh, once you allow that gratitude eventually when you're supposed to leave you'll just be just be guided out of that situation mm -hmm. so absolutely cool. um so I was looking through your blog uh, on your website and I was just wondering if you could share this uh, awesome story of when you gave all your money away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so cool I just wanted to make sure everybody else was able to hear it <laughs> yeah that's actually a fun story so um this is really re around the time where I started studying you know, principles like the law of attraction and also realizing that I knew that I wanted my income and my business to not just make exceptional money, but also make an exceptional impact in the world. And I wanted to see those two be very like tied closely together. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't making very much money at the time, but we had actually put aside $4,000, which felt like the most money, it was the most money we'd ever saved. And we were going to go on this trip to Italy to see our friends get married. And it was my dream trip to go to Italy. And, um, I remember, let's see, I haven't like thought about this story in so long. So let me see, make sure I tell it in proper, <laughs> proper order. But I remember sitting on, um, an airplane and I, and I was traveling a lot for work. And I remember just saying a prayer to God, like, okay, God, like, where do you want to see my business go? And, and I felt all of a sudden for the first time in my life, like I had heard the true voice of God saying like, this is going to happen. And then I heard this little voice that said, but you can't go to Italy. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been saving up for Italy for over a year. It was the, like the only time I'd ever really stuck and, and been able to put money away. And I was like, I heard that wrong. And then of course I was like, well, how am I going to explain this to my husband? Because he's a total non-believer. How am I going to tell him? Like, I just heard the voice of God and he told us we can't go to Italy. <laughs> so, um, and those have always been my moments when I like speak to him and 
I have, I truly realized like God's like stirring in, in his heart. I know it because when I came home, I'm like, babe, you're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I sat down and I told him and I was like, this is where I feel like my business is going to go, but I feel like we're not supposed to go to Italy. And he just looked at me and he's like, okay, you don't think we should go. And I was like, what? <laughs> like he was so, it was like, God had already calmed his heart before he even got there. Mm. And so that was like the first moment of me realizing like, okay, if I'm going to surrender and if I'm really going to like follow and use my intuition to make good decisions, to be able to see this girl, like I'm just going to have to have total blind faith and why I shouldn't be there. So it made no sense to me why I couldn't go to Italy at the time. But as I went off to church, I can't remember how long later, if it was a couple weeks or even a couple months, but um, I remember... I almost didn't go to church that day. And my husband was like, aren't you going to church? And I'm like, why do you care? <laughs> so he was kind of nudging me out the door and he's like, you're just happier when you go to church. So go. And so I did. And I was, you know, rushing off to church, but I remember reading in a book called the circle maker by Mark Batterson, who was actually the pastor of our church, but a very well known, um, in New York times bestselling author as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading in this book saying sometimes you're called to give more than you have or more than you feel comfortable giving more than like a traditional 10% that often churches would suggest that you give out of your income. And so I said, okay, God, I do feel called in my heart to give a little bit more. How much? And I sat there in the pews at church and I remember praying like why everybody was getting seated and saying how much. And all of a sudden I heard the voice again and it said all of it. And I was like, <laughs> come again. <laughs> and then as we went through service, I realized like why we were meant to give. And they had told this story about a young girl who was suffering um, through like Christian, pers uh, Christian persecution was like a big thing in Africa. And her, um, I think it was her father and her brother had been shot in front of her and died. And they were trying to bring her back to the States and get her adopted by a family. And my heart just broke. Like I was thinking of, you know, my daughter and if she had seen that happen and I'm like, I feel like this is why God told me I need to get my money away. And so I call and I, and I remember sitting there in the pews praying and saying, okay, God, I'm going to have complete and utter faith in this moment. And I will give everybody in our bank account, but you're going to have to call my husband first, <laughs> so to speak. And so I called my husband after church and I said like, okay, again, I know you're going to think I'm a little crazy, but I think the voice of God just told me to give all our money away. And then I explained to him what was going on. And all of a sudden he, and my husband's in the military and he said, okay, just don't use our debit card. And I was like, what? <laughs> You just told me I could give every single penny. Like I couldn't even go grocery shopping if I gave away. I was like, we're just going to have to eat food that we already have in our house, even if it's weird meals that don't make sense together until the next payday. And he's like, okay. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you loud and clear. You are like, make, you're going to make this happen for me. So we wrote a check and it turned out to be exactly enough money to get her here. The only hitch was that um, there were some of the legal paperwork adoption issues that weren't going through. So a piece of the story that wasn't mine was that on a Sunday when I, I think I was traveling or I hadn't made it to church, um, they had shared that 
they were trying to get her over to the States, but they needed a host family. And it just so happened that this family, it was their very first time coming to the church. They showed up and they're like, well, we'll take her. So it was like just this divine moment for them to be there in the moment, to be able to take her. Mm -hmm. And then the money that we had donated was exactly enough to be able to pay for the fees and the travels. And then on the weekend that I was supposed to be in Italy, our friends were posting all these pictures of the most epic Italian wedding (laughs) and the food and the wine. And I was feeling a little bitter. (laughs) Like, okay, God, I know that I was meant to do this and I'm grateful for the role that we played in this, but I'm a little sad today. So I went to church that morning and it was the morning that I should have been in Italy and I showed up for church and we were there very late. So we were in like all the way in the back, the last seats available. And they said, hey, we have a surprise guest. And it was the girl that had finally made it over to the States. And she had shown up to church that day in the most epic, beautiful, like pink princess dress. You would think Mm -hmm. Disney princess dress. And she like, I would have completely missed that experience of being able to meet her. She didn't know that our family played any role in that. We didn't say anything. It was just, you know, walking up and I asked, I said, Hey, I'd like to be able to promote, you know, the, the, um, the, the business that was doing all the different work to get her over here. I was like, I'd love to be able to share more information about you guys on my website. Can I take a picture with you? And so they were, both gracious and sat there and took a picture with us. And it was one of those like full circle moments to be able to, uh, if people think miracles are not real, like every moment I shouldn't have been there or we shouldn't have had enough or my husband should have said no, all the, it was like every thing that should have been a block became a blessing and resulted in this real life miracle that not only I got to witness, but my kids got to witness. They were a part of the whole thing. And so it was just, I know that it'll be a meaningful moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And it was a true testament of faith for them to be able to witness as well. Wow. What an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and, it's, um... and my business exploded after yeah, that. Piece. I was going to say, <laughs> did it have some, some extra knock on effect that uh, you maybe hadn't in- anticipated? Yes, a, a ton. <laughs> yeah, a, a defining moment then. Mm-hmm. We listened to the guidance and you acted upon it and you uh, benefited from it. So, yeah, really amazing. It was a lot of blind faith, but it was like, it was one of the most fulfilling experiences ever. And I've been through so many other, you know, maybe not as like grand long term, like that was a period of about. I want to say nine months, maybe have been almost a year that all of that was happening. So it wasn't like just, you know, within a week, all of this happened and it was crazy. It took patience and it took faith and to be able to see it come full circle, you realize like there's so much happening and like God is constantly trying to use us to create these miracles. Um, and, and, and we get to choose to be a part of it. And like, yes, it was so nice to see the income and my business explode, but like that was definitely not the most fulfilling part. It was seeing that girl's face. I just sat in that back pew and I was like, thank God I was late and I'm all the way in the back or people would see me falling like a baby. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So uh, there's a question I like to ask all my guests in my interviews and that is, what would be your best advice on how people can contribute to the rise of humanity? 
I feel like the best contribution that I've made is through my own personal um, self-discovery and reflection. And as I become a better human, it inspires other people to want to become a better human as well. As your light starts to shine brighter, other people see it and they see through you and through your story that it's possible. So number one, work on yourself and just focus on becoming self care is not selfish. It's the biggest act of generosity that you could possibly make because as you become brighter and better and happier and more joyful, people look at you living this best life and they realize that they don't have to be a part of a statistic. They can have the money and they can have the happy marriage and they can have the happy kids. And sure, there's hard days, but showing people the realness of all of it, that overall you can live this like very beautiful, exceptional life is so inspiring, but you also have to be willing to put your story out there and get a little bit vulnerable because the piece that does inspire people is to show them where you were before and where you are now and how you got there to show them that if they're in that same space, and that's another area where I say, like, don't judge your story because there's someone else out there with the same story and they just need to see you doing it. And they need to see that if it's possible for you, it's possible for them. And they, But they don't know it unless you're willing to become, you know, a little bit courageous to be able to put yourself out there and, and be in that vulnerable state where it feels scary. It feels like you're standing there naked on the internet <laughs> waiting for people to either throw tomatoes or to throw, you know, a, you a big party. So, and you just, and you never know, but it's not my job to judge how my story's received. It's just my job to share it. And I'm sure that there are people out there who have seen my story or read my story or watched videos and I'll never know them. I'll never hear from them, but I know that I've made an impact on them and that is so worth its weight in gold to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, would you like to just share with the uh, listeners where they can find uh, more about more out about you and your work? Yes. I I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram right okay. now. So Love underscore Andrea Crowder on Instagram, especially Instagram stories. I think it's one of my favorite platforms right now because I do love to give people the raw realness and I show people like when I'm in the hustle and when I'm in the flow and how I'm doing that and the rituals and the tools and all the things I use to, to be in that space and the silly side of my life too. So people can kind of, I feel like people can like almost vibe off of my energy mm. really beautifully through those like little 15 second clips of my life um, and see how it's done. So that's a, a been a, like an amazing space that I'm currently obsessed with. <laughs> um, but also andreacarterfitness.com is my blog and that's a, another place to find me. Awesome. I'll stick uh, both of those in the show notes so people can check them out and follow you on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. It's been a great conversation. And thank you for sharing your inspirational story with the listeners today and how you're impacting the world. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So that is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten some big takeaways from Andrea's story and some new beliefs you can use to empower yourself because she has a truly inspirational story so that is all for today i'll catch you all next time take care bye bye